This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Well, I'm excited this morning. I'm starting a new series called Healing is Yours. Say, Healing is Mine. That's not the title. Healing, and I turn to your neighbor and say, is yours. But if it's yours, it's mine, because God is no respecter of persons. And uh, early in my Christian walk, I got to see uh, God do some things. In fact, I, I told the Lord, I was reading through the Bible, and I would see these miracles and these healings and all these things happen. I said, Lord, well, why don't these happen? And I, a church I was going to, I, you know, I asked some people, and they said, well... God doesn't do that anymore. And I said, well, doesn't he? Well, we don't need it. We don't. I see people all around there are sick, need miracles. And, but anyway, uh, we had a man uh, come to our church who uh, was missionary. And he had been in Africa. And a lion came up to him. He's out, out in the woods. And a lion comes up. And he... Didn't know exactly what to do, but he did have great wisdom. He said the name Jesus. And he spoke to this lion and said, Jesus. And the lion kind of his, licked his chops and turned and walked away. Well, that was, that was an open door to my heart. And I, God still does it, those things. He still does miracles. Because to me, that was a miracle. Amen. And then I uh, started seeing God do things. And I said, Lord, I want to see a miracle. I want to experience and see this. So I was at the Alderman Park Golf Course. Me and some friends. And there was a sign there that said, Meeting tonight. And just I knew I was supposed to be there. Just inside of me, I know I'm supposed to go there tonight. So I Got my uh, good friend, and I said, let's go to this meeting. So we went, and um, this, this guy said, uh, I want to pray for you, and said, uh, I want you to sit in a chair. And it was one where he said, you're unstable. You got a leg shorter than the other. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But he said, I want you to sit in this chair. And I said, okay. And he goes, God doesn't want you shutting your eyes or anything. He wants you to watch for some reason. He wants you to see a miracle. Well, that had my attention. So he prays, and I felt my leg move out. I stood up, and I felt balanced for the first time in my life. I said, what? I felt balanced. And I played basketball, and I always was spraining my ankle. Uh, I mean, I lived with my ankle wrapped up, both of them. Just, that's just the way it was. And after that, there was such a difference. I still sprained my ankle sometimes, not like I did. And that was because I turned it or something. But God is a miracle worker. He still, he still heals. He still does these things. And I got to see it. And for two or three hours, I still felt like this tingling, this electricity in, in my ankle, in my feet. And Wow, you're alive, you're real. I got involved in a, um, 
was leading some uh, intercessory prayer for people, and we prayed. This lady came. She was blind in her right eye. We prayed, and her eye opened up, and she could see. She could see better, and I could see. She was reading things I couldn't read, and she was healed. I was doing youth ministry, and a, a young lady came up, and she had this big uh, knot on her head. Oh, it was actually her ear here. It was, it was big. It looked awful. And um, I said, you've been to the doctor? She said, no, I haven't gone yet. And uh, probably going Monday, parents were going to take her. And I said, well, let's pray. So I reached up, and I just I put my hand on it. And when I did, it, it vanished. I looked at and she goes, it's not there anymore. It's gone. God is a miracle worker. He still heals. We had a man last week in our own church that had a kidney stone. It's at the emergency room. They um, did the ultrasound. They saw it and everything. They gave him pain mess and sent him home said, if you don't pass it, won't you back the next day? Well, anyway, he doesn't doesn't pass it. He comes back. They did the ultrasound. It's gone. It's not there. The pain left and the, so is the kidney stone. God still does miracles. He still does healing. And, and we've got to get this in us. And I shared yesterday with the, uh, our, our healing and wellness uh, center, one of the ones that really stands out to me because uh, I thought it was just really cool. It shows how much that God really loves us. We had uh, a lady brought her father for prayer, and he could not walk on his own. He had a walker, and he was just, he hadn't eaten in a few days, and he was just very, very sick. And uh, so we prayed for him, and immediately he started walking, and he was walking very slow at first, and then he just started walking. And he, he got his, his strength. And he, they went out to the parking lot, and he said, where is our car? They said, well, it's right here. And he said, no, that's not it. And it turned out he was colorblind, but during that prayer, God healed him of that, and he didn't know what color his car was. <laughs> he gets in the car. Now, he has not been hungry or eaten for, for days, and and they, he goes, I'm hungry. I need some food. And he starts saying, I want some fried chicken. And he starts naming his favorite meal down to the ice cream. I believe it was strawberry ice cream. And this is long enough that this is when things closed up. <laughs> what? That must be a different world. No. <laughs> it's a few years back. <laughs> But things closed up and they couldn't find the place. So they went home. And there on his porch were a couple um, paper sacks. And they look in it and there's fried chicken. And all this stuff he had named, including the strawberry ice cream. Well, they're just thanking, thanking the Lord. They go in and have, have a meal and they're wondering, where did this come from <laughs> And it turns out that a neighbor said they were just, they were in prayer, praying, and they felt led of the Lord 
to fix him some, some fried chicken and all this meal, and they got the strawberry ice cream and blessed him. That's how much God loves us. He wants you to have your favorite meal. After church today, talk to your wife. Or talk to, never mind. Okay, getting off here. That's, so the question is, if God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever, the question comes up, is it God's will to heal us, to heal you? Is it his will? And it's a question that's been around for a long time. I want to uh, look at that this morning, and I, this is really a foundation that you have to know in order to, to receive from the Lord. And throughout history, people, even in Jesus' day, that walked here on the earth, they had the same question, is it God's will? And this question was asked in Matthew 8, verse 1. It says, And when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was clean. So like so many believers today, they believe that God is able to heal. They believe that he can heal, but will he heal? Is he willing? Is it his will for you to be healed? Is it his will for you to walk in health? That's the question, and that's what this man was saying. I know you can, Lord. I know you can do this, but will you? Is it your desire? Is it your will to do this for me? And the Lord says, I'm willing. I desire this for you. Great. Aren't you glad that was the answer? I'm so glad that was the answer that he gave. And that means so much to us. Uh, in 2 Chronicles 19.7, you have to look up on the screen because it's not in your notes. Now then, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be very careful what you do, for the Lord our God will have no part in unrighteousness or partiality or taking of a bribe. In other words, God does not esteem one person over another. The love that he has for me is the same love he has for you. He does not esteem one person over another. So that means if Jesus said he was willing for this one to be healed, he's willing for you to be healed. Because he does not not esteem this man over you. He's no respecter of persons. What he did for one, he'll do for another. Hebrews 13, 8 mentioned this verse. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today, and forever. Now, if he changed his willingness to heal, then he changed. If he was willing then, he's willing now. Just because that was over 2,000 years ago doesn't mean that it changed his ability or changed his willingness to heal. Because he's an unchanging God. In 3 John uh, chapter 2, verse 3, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. 
God's will, His desires for you to prosper in some things. All things. Say all. all. That means uh, material things. That means uh, in the soul or the spiritual realm, uh, spiritual things. And in the physical body. He wants you to prosper. He wants you blessed. That's His will. That's His desire for you. Think about if you have children, your own desire for your own kids. You want them well, don't you? Do you know that God loves your kids more than you love your kids? If you think that's possible. <laughs> I mean, we love our kids, but we would never want that for our own kids. God, no way he does. In fact, he says it in his word that his will is that we prosper in every area, including physical health. Psalms 91, 16, with long life, he will satisfy you. It's one of my favorite verses. He did not say, with short life, I will satisfy you. He did not say, with a long-suffering life, <laughs> I will give you. He said, to your long life, satisfied. Satisfied means that you have a long life not broken down. Not taking an hour to get up because every bone in you is just making noises. Snap, crackle, pop. Ah. God doesn't want you suffering. Long life you'll suffer. No. He wants you blessed physically. And he said, with long life satisfied. You can live as long as you want to live. You can be satisfied. You can get that 120 years if you want it. I tell people I'm live 120, they look at me and I don't want to live 120. Well, I don't want to live 120 either, the image that you have. The image in your mind. I know the image that you're thinking of. I'm talking about 120 and scaling mountains. I'm, I'm talking about still running the race for God. Can you imagine the wisdom that you'd have at 120? Oh, okay. I'm at the wrong place. <laughs> the Word of God is God's will. And that is foundational. His will is His Word. If He said in His Word, that's His will. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Notice it says by the Word of God. Faith comes, faith comes by hearing what? Hearing the Word of God. You know faith comes in the wrong direction by hearing? If you want to focus uh, on the news continually, you can get faith in the wrong direction or you can... Focus maybe on the doctor's report and you can build your faith and develop it in the negative. Because what we hear and receive will be what we walk in. What we believe. Our belief system. So we got to make sure we're putting the word of God in us. Say the word of God. Many people have been taught wrong. They say God uses sickness to teach us something. Or suffering uh, through sickness brings glory to God. Well, let me, and I want, want you to put this up there. Just look at these. Let's put a few statements up there for us to look at. 
If sickness glorifies God, then Jesus robbed God, our Father, of glory by healing the sick. If there's really glory in us being in sick, it brings glory to God. Why did Jesus go about healing the sick? In several places, I think it's eight different places, says he healed them all. Well, he was taking glory from God. If sickness glorifies God. If sickness were the will of God, then Jesus went about destroying the works of God instead of the works of the devil. In Acts 10, 38, you can look it up, but it says that Jesus went about doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil. Sickness and disease and all this is not of God. He's a good God. Next, it says, uh, if sickness were the will of God to teach us something, then we would be obligated to use our faith to receive sickness and disease in order to learn. God's teaching me something through this sickness. Okay, yes. Are you learning? Yes, I'm, I'm learning. Okay. Father, make me sick. I want to learn of you. That's what we're saying. And I'm not getting on. We've all been there. I'm just trying to go about what the Word says, right? Say, I love you, Pastor Bob. You're so kind. Okay. If sickness is God's teacher for us, then we should desire to be sick so we can utilize God's educational system. If sickness were the will of God, then the human body is cursed with an immune system that constantly fights against the will of God. Just some things to, to think about. I have learned something from sickness. I've learned I don't want to be sick. I learned I don't care for it at all. I see... I have people, it, bring, it takes away, it doesn't add to life, it takes away. And, and I'll just throw this out there, by the way, the, the Bible tells us who the teacher is. The teacher is the Holy Spirit. Teaches us and reveals the word to us and guides us. I'd, I'd rather learn from the teacher than sickness and disease. Now, can you learn something from bad circumstances? And absolutely, you can learn some things, but it doesn't mean that God sent it. But He will use it to teach you, sure. But it doesn't mean that He sent that sickness and disease to you. Because if you believe that, you can't resist it. There's no resistance there. You just. And it's amazing to me, some of the people through the years have been the strongest uh, about this. and said, God gave me this sickness, or he's teaching me something, or he's getting glory out of this. They're running to the doctors. So what are you going to the doctor for? If God's getting glory out of this, are you trying to steal his glory? Or why are you trying to get rid of something if you said God gave it to you? If God gave me something, I want it. Because I know the rest of the story says every good and perfect gift 
comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation, not even a shadow of turning. He's a good God. And I'm so grateful, aren't you? Let's look at Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I, I, I love this story, but I'm just going to stop there for just a second. The presence of the Lord was there to heal them. The presence of the Lord is here today to heal you. Why was the presence of the Lord there? Because Jesus was in the house. We're going to say Jesus was there. If Jesus is in the house, the presence and the power of the Lord is there to heal. Where's Jesus today? In you. By His Spirit. There's healing in your temple. There's healing in your house. Because He abides there. That's the reason we, we're not waiting. He's already there. He's waiting on us to receive and believe. Then behold, um, men brought, uh, brought on the bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in, lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling, into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven. Now, bless Jesus' heart here. He was a little confused. He thought the guy needed forgiveness of sins, not healing. He didn't have a senior moment. He had a Jesus moment. Do you? And Jesus was, he just had a bad day. Everybody can have a bad day, right? It started out bad for him and just kept on going. He had these 12 guys that just were acting up all the time. They wouldn't clean up. They wouldn't. Jesus was neat. I made the mistake of one time telling Ellen, Jesus was pretty neat and organized. Why do you say that? Well, at the tomb, it says that the grave cloth was all folded in place. It was neatly. Jesus took his time to fold up that thing and put it there neatly. I had a man moment and accidentally said that. She took the revelation and ran with it. <laughs> Back to the subject at hand. I think I just had a man moment then. Okay. Anyway, verse 21. And that, that's the key I want you to see here is the forgiveness of sins. And here's what he says, and it says 21. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their faults, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say. Your sins are forgiven you, or rise up and walk. 
Jesus linked these two together so much. He said, which is easier? To say your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? That's the link how closely forgiveness of sins and healing are tied together. And once you get this revelation and see it, it changes everything. Let me read it. Which is easier to say? Verse 23. Your sins are forgiven you or to say rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on and departed to his own house, glorifying God. He said, which is easier? And then he says, that you may know that the Son of Man that Jesus has power to forgive sins. Healing is the proof that God has the power to forgive sins. The greatest miracle is being, getting a new spirit, being born again, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Healing is really takes less power than that, than forgiveness of sins. Saying, if I can forgive your sins, healing's no problem. But he went about healing, and it was showing people they had power to even forgive sins. If he can heal me, he can forgive me. And, and that was a, it's a type, it's been called like a, a dinner bell to bring people to the Lord. It's, it's healing. Healing is proof of God's ability to forgive the dominion or sin or the sin-curse system uh, in the earth. It inhibits the ability of God uh, to heal because sin cuts off God's legal right to bring healing. But here's the good news. Jesus at the cross dealt with the dominion of sin and conquered it and defeated it. Now God has a legal right to heal you. And he not only is able, he wants to and has. He's provided it for us. If Jesus can remove sin, he can remove sickness. Sin, this is in your notes, Sin is the root of all sickness in the earth. Sin is the root of all sickness in the earth. An uh, individual can open themselves up to sin and open the door uh, for sickness and disease. And it doesn't have to be that. I mean, in this earth, in this sin, the curse on the earth, through Adam's sin, when Adam sinned, he opened the door to sickness and disease. There was no sickness and disease until Adam sinned. There was no calamities. There was no uh, bad weather and things until Adam opened the door to sin. Or we could say it like this, that sickness and disease is a byproduct of sin. Poverty is a byproduct of sin. Sin is the root cause of all sickness. And God's word teaches us. And get this, as easy as it is for you to receive forgiveness of sins, 
it's to be that easy to receive healing. Because they were both paid for at the same time at the cross. And you had nothing to do with it. It's grace. It's his gift to us. In Psalms 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, all my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, I'm going to say, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. There you see it again, linked together, forgiveness of sins and, and healing. It's linked all through scriptures. In, in James it says, uh, if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint your fall. And it says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And if they've committed sins, they'll be forgiven them. Because they're linked together. They're linked together. Isaiah 53, verse 4. This is where we see uh, the great prophecy about the cross, about Jesus. It says, surely he has borne, that word born there. And you see, I got in parentheses there what it means. Took, lifted, carried, or griefs. Griefs grief there is the word sickness and disease. He carried our sorrows. And sorrows there means pain and grief. I'm so glad God doesn't want us to suffer pain and grief and sickness and disease. Jesus lifted, he carried this for us. Yet we had esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, our sin and rebellion. He was bruised for our iniquities, our perversion. And here it's even talking about mischief, mischief or the sin nature. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace. The emotional stress. The uh, um, uh, depression, oppression. Jesus took the chastisement where you could have peace. Emotional healing. And by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. Now this is Old Testament. It's looking towards the cross. And it's saying we are healed because of the cross. We're going to see from the New Testament, looking back towards the cross, it says you were healed. Past tense. In case you don't know it, we're past the cross. So we look back, so you were. Now if you were, then you am. Great English lesson this morning. So we think of Popeye, I am there. Okay. By stripes, we are healed. Now, many people who don't believe in healing, they take these verses and they say it's just talking about spiritual healing and emotional healing. Jesus knew that was going to happen. So, in Matthew 8, verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. He cast out the spirits of the word and healed all who were sick that might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. This is an exact quote back to Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5, that we just read. There was physical healing. He's talking about physical healing and spiritual healing and emotional healing. Everything. 
was taken care of at the cross. Everything that you need for life and godliness, to live a righteous life, everything was provided at the cross. So we've got to look at that finished work. 1 Peter 2.24, whom saith for our sins is on body in, on the tree, that we having died to sins, their sins again, having died to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Sins and healing once again linked together and says you were. You are. The price has been paid totally for your healing. The doctor bill's been paid in full before you were born. Provision, supply was already released before you were here. Our God is a healer. Healing is part of the work of the cross. Therefore, healing is available to anyone through faith. Because at the cross, Jesus conquered the root cause of all sickness, all disease, and that was sin. He became sin for us. He took our sin, our rebellion, every place that we miss God, He took it for us. And the byproduct of that is healing and health. Because there is no indictment of sin against you. Jesus took your sin and carried it and was punished for it. And now you are judged not guilty. Because blood has been spilled in your place. And you are free. And God can bring healing and bring strength and bring peace. And meet every need in your life. Because he's a good father. He's always wanted to do that. But there was a problem in the earth called man. Who had sin in his heart. And in his nature. But God took care of that at the cross. Now he can so richly provide for you. And the Bible says we have a better covenant. Than they had in the old covenant. Because now we don't have to go around slaying innocent little lambs. And my wife was born for such a time as this because I guarantee you I would have had to tie her up. She would have been rebelling against God because I'm not going to kill this animal. <laughs> but now we have the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a covenant. You have a right to be healed and to be healthy and to be whole. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. People say, well, I believe God is my healer. He's going to heal me. I'm just waiting on God. No, he took care of it a couple thousand years ago. This is past tense. That's the reason our healing today is, God, you have healed me. I believe that I receive, according to Mark eleven twenty four. whatsoever you desire in prayer, believe that you receive it, and you shall have it. Faith acts and believes it before it has it. And that's what Mark eleven twenty four 24 is about. That's what faith is. Faith is now. It's not past tense. I hope God's going to heal me. I hope he, we never say, oh, I hope he'll forgive my sins. We don't even hesitate to tell someone we're talking to about the Lord, God will forgive you of that. He'll forgive you all your sins. It doesn't matter what you've done, God will forgive you. He forgives. And we, we're not as quick to say, God to heal you. God paid the price for your healing. But it happened at the same time. They're linked together. Now, if I had a choice, I want you to go to heaven. 
But why leave out any part? Why not take the whole thing? You might as well be healthy. You might as well be strong. Receive his healing. Oh, pastor, I know someone that was believing God and they died. Well, they went to heaven. Last time I checked the book, that's an awesome place. They'll be in your future. My question to you, what are you going to do about it? None of us are going to stand before the Lord and say, well, I knew I shouldn't have been serving the Lord so hard while I was on earth. I regret that. No, we're all going to be saying, I wish I'd done more. All of us are going, some of those tears he's going to wipe away. <laughs> I had a friend that, uh, well, he, was, he was my boss for years, and he, he called me in, and he got his, his go watch, and he said, you know, Bob, I just I spent all these years, and I just got this, and, you know, there was regret. Tried to just encourage him, said, well, you helped give power to Shelby County. You, you gave power. There was meaning to your life. And, and just to encourage him and, and tell him to stick with Jesus, to get with him and, and make even these last days profitable for the Lord. But, but none of us are going to be, he's going to wipe away tears because wish I'd done more. Wish I'd done more. Powerheads, good place to stop. I'm believing during the series, and just about every Sunday we have someone that gets healed during praise and worship. We got we get someone healed just in in the presence of the Lord, and we will be glad to pray for you at the end of service because nothing's too hard for Him. Nothing is too hard. May I ask you a question? Let's bow your heads. If today you left this place and say you were in a car accident and you died, would you go to heaven or not? And I just want you to think for just a moment. If you think, well, I'm a good person. There's no place in the Bible it, it says that a good person, being a good person will get you to heaven. So, well, I believe in God well the Bible says Satan believes in God but he's not going to heaven well you, you don't understand the, the, the church that I was in before I, I, I served there it didn't say anything about serving in your church gets you to heaven well my parents they said I was a Christian I, I've been a Christian all my life it's no place that says because your parents call you a Christian that you're a Christian. And I want to be honest with you enough and value and honor you enough to say, if that's your thinking, you're not going to make it. You're not going. Jesus is very clear in what it takes to get there. In John chapter 3, he said, you must be born again. What's that mean? I'm going to summarize it for you. It means that you give Jesus Christ all your heart and all your life. That's what it means. When you do that, heaven is yours. You'll always be with Him. 
I want to give you an opportunity if you've never prayed that prayer. Or maybe you prayed it before, but you're not living for God. You know you're not connected with Him the way you should be. I want you right now just to lift your hand. Say, that's me. We're going to pray together. I'm not going to ask you to come down. Yes, thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Say, that's me. I want prayer this morning. Somebody here, you have condemnation on you so, so heavy. The Lord says, let that go. Just give that to Him. He doesn't want you carrying that. He loves you. You can just tell Him, Lord, forgive me. And He'll forgive you. Let's all pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank You for the cross. Thank You that You died for me. I give you my life and I give you my heart. I'll live for you all the days of my life. I need your help, Lord, in order to do that. But my total dependence is upon you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, Amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.